Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, September 8th, and you are tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. My name is Brother Alan Weir, and I'm the host of this weekly live call-in show where you, the listener, can call in and present your prayer requests share your testimonies, share your insights, maybe share a scripture. If you're a regular listener, we welcome you back. And if you're a new listener, we welcome you. The Parents of Prodigals podcast is a weekly podcast. We are on every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And this particular podcast is a podcast dedicated to prodigal children, the unsaved or wayward or backslidden sons and daughters of those of us who are Christian parents. During this podcast, we provide comfort, encouragement, strength, edification to those of us who are mothers and fathers or guardians of young people or adults who may be living at home or living away from home. And some of our sons and daughters or the children who are in our charge, some of our sons and daughters may have been involved in the church and are now backslidden. They've wandered from the faith and are no longer interested in the things of God. Other children perhaps are living away from home. They're adults with families of their own and careers. But the pressures of life and the responsibilities of life, maybe the pleasures of life, have distracted them. And they are of the frame of mind that they are too busy to commit their lives to Christ. They're busy living their lives, working, focusing on their careers and their personal lives. And so at this time, they're too busy (coughs) to think of the things of God and surrender their lives to the Lord. Some of us have sons and daughters or children in our charge, we don't know where they are. Their location is unknown. Maybe they have left home. And like the prodigal son in the scriptures, they've left home and their whereabouts are not known. We don't know what they are doing, where they are, or who they're with. And so we're anxious and worried we pray for them on a regular basis that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ wherever they are, or that they would return home to our homes like the prodigal son did. And when the prodigal son returned home, the father welcomed him with open arms. There was no shame. There was no bad blood. But when the prodigal returned home, the father welcomed him, ran to him, in fact, and put his arms around him and welcomed him home and threw a feast for him. And so during this time, we provide encouragement, strength, and comfort to those of us who are parents or guardians of prodigal children. And we also afford an opportunity for prayer, intercession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We'll pray for your prodigal son and daughter during this podcast. Lift them up before the throne of grace, asking that the Lord deliver them from whatever they're in bondage to. Convict them of their sin. Bring them to the foot of the cross so that they confess their sins and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ and are filled with the Holy Spirit so that their eternities are secure. As I've said in previous podcasts, 
I do not believe that we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last seconds, the last moments. And again, as I've always said before, the next event, the next biblical event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture. The snatching away of those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ to be with the Lord in the air. Just the other day, my wife and I were watching a very well-known, well, it was well-known years ago, but it's a classic Christian movie. It's called The Thief in the Night. The Thief in the Night. It was made in the 1970s, I believe. And this particular movie, The Thief in the Night, the night is about the rapture of the church the snatching away of born-again believers to meet the lord in the air and how those who were left behind will face the period of time called the great tribulation when a world leader known as the antichrist will seize control of the world deceiving many into following him and worshiping him But those of us who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior will not be here. We will be raptured. But we don't want our sons and daughters to get left behind. We want them to get raptured with us. We want them to be with us in eternity. And so we lift them up in prayer and supplication and intercession. That they will get saved. And that they will be raptured right along with us. This is a live call-in program. We invite you, the listener, to call in. If you have a prayer request, you can call it in. Come live on the air and tell us what your request is. Or you can instant message your request, and we will see your request on the air. You can also chime in, and if you want to share a scripture or share a testimony, you can do that. What you have to say, what you want to share may edify and strengthen someone who's listening your testimony perhaps will provide hope and encouragement to someone who tunes in and needs to be edified and comforted and strengthened maybe they're going through a difficult time if you call in and share what you have to share iron will be sharpening iron and you'll be a mutual encouragement to a believer that needs strengthening from what you have to share. But as always, we're going to start our podcast with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this appointed time, a short time, but an appointed time, when we can share scripture, come before the throne of grace and prayer, and pray for our wayward sons and daughters who have either wandered from the faith or have never come to the faith. And Lord, we just praise you and we thank you for our salvation, my God. We thank you that you have saved us, made us your children, your sons and daughters. And I pray that anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, or maybe anyone who will be listening later on, through the recording of the podcast, will be strengthened, encouraged, and edified by what is said here today. Let this be a time of strengthening, encouragement, comfort, and reassurance for anyone who's listening or will be listening to this podcast. But let this also be a time of deliverance for any wayward son and daughter who needs deliverance from the evil one so that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We ask your blessing on this appointed time together, Lord. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we always like to start our podcast, not just with a word of prayer, but we also like to share a brief devotion. And... We like to relate our devotion to the topic of prodigalism. The idea, the concern we have for our prodigal sons and daughters. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters may be close by. Others may be far away in distant cities in another state. 
maybe in another country. But we think of them, we're concerned about them, we're concerned about what they're doing, who they're with, what they're involved with, and we commit them into the Lord's hands. And one of the things that come to mind when I think about my own prodigal son and daughter, as well as all of ours, is the deceptions that the enemy places in their path as obstacles to coming to Christ. And that's the title of this brief devotion that I'm going to be sharing tonight. The strong delusions of the prodigal. The strong delusions of the prodigal. Our text is going to be the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 21 through 32. Romans, chapter 1, verses 21 through 32. Romans, chapter 1, verses 21 through 32. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. And they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. And furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, So God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what they ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil, and they disobey their parents, and they have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. As I ran down that list, in the scriptures of all the behaviors and attitudes and acts. You know, some of our prodigal sons and daughters may not be doing all of these things. We may have a prodigal son and daughter who's incarcerated for murder. We may have a prodigal son and daughter who is unsaved, who is a slanderer. We may have a prodigal son and daughter who's a God-hater. They want nothing to do with the gospel. Maybe they're arrogant in their wealth or affluency. Maybe they're boastful. No need for God, they think in their hearts. Or maybe they're evil and greedy, maybe living a life of decadency. Your prodigal may not fit. Our prodigals may not fit the description of every person on that list. But they fit maybe one or two, one or another, for sure. And again, that's the title of the night's devotion, the strong delusions of the prodigal. We have to remember that even though our prodigal sons and daughters are responsible for their decisions that they're making, and the word of God does say that we shall all give an account for the lives we live before the Lord, the judgment is coming. We'll have to answer 
for our rejection of Christ. We can't deny that the enemy plays a tremendous hand in diluting, deceiving, blinding the eyes of our prodigal sons and daughters. And because of that, we have to pray accordingly. But there are approximately, I believe, three delusions which I've outlined in my devotion, three primary delusions. I'm sure that there are many others. But I feel that the Lord has given me a word regarding the three primary delusions that our prodigal sons and daughters are tied to. The first being the delusion of pleasure. The delusion of pleasure. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters may be living a life of complete decadency, going places where they shouldn't go, doing things and being with people that they shouldn't be with. Maybe they're involved in an alternative lifestyle or involved in an illicit lifestyle. They may be involved in the adult industry. They may be involved in excessive promiscuity. The enemy has deceived them with the delusion of pleasure. But before we get into the details about these delusions, I want to focus on that one word, the word delusion, or the word dilude. To delude is to lie. The Greek word for delusion is paralogizomia, paralogizomia. And it's made up of two different Greek words. The word para, meaning besides or alongside, and the second part is logizomia, to reason. And it literally means to reason beside or alongside truth, to lead from the truth into error, to deceive by craftiness. And because there's deception, there's misjudgment. If the target is the truth, that there is something alongside the truth that looks very much like the truth, but it isn't. And our prodigals tend to focus on these lies instead of the truth. You know, in New York City, many times there are street vendors that are selling handbags or maybe even jewelry, and it appears to have the name brand on them, but they're not the real thing. They're knockoffs, artificials. They may look like the real thing and may have the appearance of the real thing. And the untrained eye won't know the difference. And many people have been deceived into paying a lot of money for the purchase of something that is not real. And our prodigals many times fall for the paralogizomia. They fall for the deception that is so close to the truth, that they can't tell the difference, because like the scripture we read indicates, the enemy has blinded their eyes. The first delusion is the delusion of pleasure. As I've mentioned, some of our prodigals may be involved in lives of sexual pleasure, illicit lifestyle, maybe just pleasure in indulgent. Romans chapter 1, verse 24, one of the verses we read states, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Involvement with things of the flesh, preoccupation with it, and love for these things is so great, and their preoccupation is so strong that the enemy has our prodigals completely bound and in bondage to these things. We have to pray for their deliverance. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 12, along these same lines of thought states, they have, hard, they have harps and lyres at their banquets, pipes and timbrels and wine, but they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord, no respect for the work of his hands. This particular verse in Isaiah was talking about the children of Israel and their preoccupation with pleasure and their forgetting about their commitment to the God of heaven. The second delusion is the delusion 
of self-morality or self-morals. We were reading in the book of Romans just now, and to focus on verses 28 through 32, it mentions all the vices, all the behaviors. It mentions the greed and depravity, and that they're full of envy and murder and strife, God-haters and insolent. You know, many of our prodigal sons and daughters are self-moralists. They believe that evil is good and good is evil. They're a law unto themselves. They believe that truth is relative. What's right for them may not be right for somebody else. And they are their own law, disregarding the word of God. And they are a law unto themselves, disregarding the commandments of God and the principles of Scripture, making up their own rules as they go along. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 states, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who put darkness for light, and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. And so the confusion stands as their, their own standard for morality. They believe what's right for them is right, and no one is going to change their mind. The third is the delusion of self-wisdom, the delusion of self-wisdom. The belief that they have the answers and they can guide and control their own lives. There is no need to surrender their life to the Lord. They will make their own life and they will make their own destiny. As we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 22, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave him thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 21 states, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 states, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so we lift up our prodigals in prayer. If they're in bondage to these three delusions, in bondage to pleasure, it could be financial pleasure as well, partying, preoccupation with material things, material pleasure, sexual pleasure, financial pleasure. No time for God. They're too busy enjoying their lives. We pray for our prodigals to be delivered from the delusion of self-morality, that they're a law unto themselves. You know, verse, the second Psalm, Psalm number two, in the opening verses, it states that the evil want to break the chains of the Lord. They feel that serving God is slavery to him. They have no desire to serve the Lord. And they view serving God as stifling their lives. That God wants them to be in bondage and doesn't want them to have enjoyment in life or pleasure. Psalm 2 states, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed ones, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The desire to be free from God and the word of God. A law unto themselves. They'll make their own rules and their own destiny. And we pray for our prodigals to be free from the delusion of self-wisdom, the belief that they can control their own destiny. Maybe they believe that there is no heaven or there is no hell, or they're involved in alternative religions or involved in different philosophies. 
maybe reading books on philosophy or different faiths. Some of our young people, our prodigal sons and daughters, are involved in New Age movements, crystals, going to particular stores that sell good luck charms, dream catchers, talismans, or any other necklace, maybe burning incense, or praying to a statue, or putting a rock around their neck that's supposed to attract what they believe is positive energy. Strong delusions and deceptions. We pray that our prodigals be delivered from all these delusions, things that look like the truth, but in reality, their deceptions, their lies. Even in church, you can be diluted. I mentioned in the earlier podcast, you can be a prodigal in church. You can have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. You can be a prodigal and be in church. Maybe you are a church attendee, but you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You may be involved in the church. Maybe you sing in the choir. Maybe you even read your Bible on a regular basis, but you have never confessed your sins to the Lord and fully surrendered your life to Christ. Again, you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. The Word of God says that we need to examine ourselves to make sure that we are in the faith. Not all prodigal sons and daughters are living lives of wickedness. Some prodigal sons and daughters are living very respectful lives, and it's that respectability that is deceiving them. They're good enough. They're just as good as the next person. And they live moral lives. But the word of God says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so we need our prodigals to realize their need for a savior. To be delivered from the delusions and the lies that are blinding them. The paralogosima, the delusion that looks like the truth but in fact is a deception that is keeping them from surrendering their life to Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so it's my hope, my prayer, that you join me in realizing that we need to pray along these lines. We need to pray that our prodigal sons and daughters are freed from whatever is deceiving them. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters are deceived by the delusion of time. That just came to my mind. The belief that there is plenty of time. They may be in good health. They may be financially prosperous. And there's nothing wrong going on in their lives. And so there is time to accept Christ, but not right now. That right there is a... Paralogizomai, a lie next to the truth. The truth of the matter is death can come at any time. It is appointed unto once for men to die, and after this, the judgment. Even the story in the scriptures in the New Testament regarding the wealthy individual whose soul was required of him after he bypassed a beggar And he went into a Christless eternity, living a life of luxury and affluency under the impression that he had plenty of time. His money could not get him out of hell. Your good health will not get you out of hell. The salvation of your parents will not get you out of hell. We need to pray that our prodigal sons and daughters wake up are delivered, that the Holy Spirit shakes them, even if it's necessary for the Lord to do to them what he did to Paul and knock them off their feet to the realization that they need to surrender their life to Christ. 
So let us pray along those lines that the Lord open up the eyes of our prodigals from strong delusions that are blinding them to the truth of the gospel. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but if we pray and trust with all fervency, even if it's necessary to fast, which can break the yoke of bondage, then that's what we'll have to do. Enter spiritual and prayer warfare for our prodigal sons and daughters. Well, I hope this devotion was helpful, beneficial, and edifying to you. And at this time, we've approached the halfway mark of our podcast. And we do have two prayer requests that we are going to be bringing to the throne of grace. If you have a prayer request, you can come on live and present your request, or you can instant message your prayer request, and we will see it on the board and lift it up before the throne of grace. Maybe you want to share an insight or a testimony or a scripture. We would love to hear from you. But we would love to join you in intercession, petition, and prayer and supplication for your prodigal son and daughter, and even pray for you for your continued strength until your prodigal son and daughter comes to the Lord. So following this short musical interlude, we will return with our podcast, and we're going to approach the throne of grace with two prayer requests and a testimony that I have. So we will see you in a few moments. close to you never let me go I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend you are my desire Nothing else could take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find a way Bring me back to you
All right, we are back to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And we're going to resume our program. I said earlier that we had prayer requests and a testimony. A brother from the church, Brother Jamie Shock, who, without his expertise, his God-given knowledge, the gift that the Lord has given him, the technical knowledge that he has. He is the one that the Lord has used tremendously regarding putting together this podcast. I am not a tech person. And Brother Jamie, uh, along with uh, Brother Nelson um, Nelson Quinones, rather, both were instrumental in helping me put this podcast together. Actually, they are the ones who... Uh, use our technical knowledge to put it together. Um, 
and I am forever in their debt and eternally grateful to both of them. However, uh, Brother Jamie had shared with me a while back that there were some concerns, some health issues that he was having. And I felt tremendously burdened to lift him up before the throne of grace and to pray for him on the air. And I saw him recently, and I'm thankful to God to say that he had shared with me that his situation has improved. And while it is a process, sometimes God heals miraculously and instantaneously. Other times the Lord heals through the process of medicine, giving physicians wisdom and giving us wisdom as to what we need to do to take care of ourselves. But however God does it, I truly believe the Lord's hand was in the improvement of my brother's condition. And so, Brother Jamie, I do believe you are listening, but I'm not going to let this podcast go without saying a word of prayer for you. Father, I thank you so much, Lord God, for my brother Jamie. I thank you for his his friendship and that you saved him. I thank you for his family, Lord God. And Lord, I just want to thank you so much, Lord God. You have your own way of doing things. Sometimes you do things miraculously and instantaneously, and sometimes you do things through the normal process of medicine and through wisdom and practicality, Lord God. But however it's done, Heavenly Father, there's no doubt that your hand was in his healing of his condition. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to heal him, Lord God, that you continue to help him with his situation, Lord God. Give the physicians and the doctors wisdom as they treat him and continue to give my brother Jamie wisdom and guidance as to the best way to handle his situation. Your hand is in this, Lord. There's no doubt about that, Heavenly Father. We're not dismissing anything, Lord God. You are the great physician, Heavenly Father. You have your own way of doing things in your own time when you do it. It could take a moment, an instant, and sometimes it's a process, Lord God. If it's a process, there's a reason for it, Heavenly Father. Maybe it's to to teach us patience and to keep us on our knees. Whatever the reason is, Lord God, I thank you for my brother Jamie. Bless him. Bless his wife, India. Bless their entire family. Let your hand be upon them. Give them a strong sense of your presence. And let your hand of blessing be upon that entire household, Lord. Everyone under their roof. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the blessing of the Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The other day, I was at our church, Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, and I was approached by a sister in Christ who had previously shared a burden for her son. Her son's name is Edgar, and she shared with me the concerns that she had for Edgar. He is not a believer, and while we did pray for him, of course, we are to remain fervent and steadfast and pray without ceasing. And so one prayer is usually not enough. We have to continue to pray with all supplication and thanksgiving. And the peace of God will rule in our hearts and minds as we pray for our loved ones. And so right now, I want to lift up this young man, this prodigal son of the sister in Christ at my church. And we shared our concerns for our children, the anxiousness sometimes that we feel, the anxiety that we feel and worry that we feel. We don't want to see them get left behind in the rapture, and we don't want them to go into a Christless eternity. And so, sister, if you're listening to this podcast, myself and many other prodigal parents are right along with you. We share your concern. We share your anxieties. But we are going to share in your rejoicing as well. We're going to touch and agree in prayer for your son. He will come to a saving knowledge of Christ. We don't know how, we don't know when, but it's going to happen. And so let's touch and agree in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, 
We approach you right now. We approach the throne of grace, Lord God, for this young man, Edgar. We call him out by name. Edgar, you know what Edgar is doing. You know where he is right now at 7.47 p.m. on Thursday, September 8th. You know where Edgar is. You know what he's doing, who he's with. You know the barriers that exist to him coming to Christ. You know the strongholds that the enemy has on his life. And we lift him up in prayer, Lord God. We pray straight out, Lord, that you save this young man. Whatever he's involved with, we pray that you remove it from his life. Give Edgar no rest, no peace, Lord God, until he surrenders his life to you, Heavenly Father. Deliver him from the clutches of the enemy camp, Lord God. We rebuke the forces of evil and have him in bondage, no matter what it is, Heavenly Father. You can break the yoke and break the chains of bondage. And Lord, we pray that you open up his mind to be receptive to the gospel. We open, we ask you to open up his ears so that he listens, not just physically, but that he truly hears the message of salvation. It may be through a gospel track somebody will give him, maybe a co-worker, maybe someone that he meets on the street, anybody who will give him the gospel, that you open up his ears so that he will truly listen. Open up his eyes so that he sees the truth, Lord God, that the delusions that we spoke about earlier are removed and that the truth be seen through his spiritual eyes. We pray that you open up his heart, Lord God, if it's hardened, that you soften it, Lord. Maybe it's hardened. Maybe he sees hypocrites. Maybe he feels that he doesn't need to accept you. Open up his heart. Soften it and make it receptive. Let your word fall on good ground in his heart, Heavenly Father. And more than anything, last but not least, open up his mouth so that after his mind is opened after his heart is opened after his eyes can see and after his heart is receptive and your word falls on good ground that his mouth is opened and he confesses his sins and declares you lord of his life we call it into being lord god we praise you and we thank you we believe it is going to happen we believe it's already done heavenly father you are working before a word is on our mouths, Lord God, you see our prayers, you know what our concerns are. And I pray for the parents of this young man, Lord. The anxious thoughts, maybe the sleepless nights when they wonder what he's doing and they want him to get saved. I pray that you give rest and peace and encouragement and strength and comfort to the parents of this young man. Drop the reassurance and the assurance in their hearts that you not only heard our prayers, but it's already done. Give them patience, Lord God, to deal with the process of salvation. It may happen instantaneously. It may happen a week from now or a year from now. But give these parents patience and perseverance not to give up, but to trust and believe and ultimately receive it's already done we thank you we praise you we worship you we ask this in jesus name we thank you for edgar's deliverance and salvation we thank you that he's filled with the holy spirit it's going to happen we trust you with the timing and the process lord in jesus name amen We touch and agree to this, sister. We pray in agreement, we touch in agreement, and we believe in agreement. It is done. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was reading a poll that was taken by an organization called the Barna Group. And the Barna Group is a professional organization. They do research on faith and religious beliefs in the United States and what direction 
that faith and religion is going in. And they did a very surprising and eye-opening poll. And this poll unfortunately states that a new generation has expressed skepticism and frustration with Christianity. I'm going to read the opening paragraph to this. As the nation's culture changes in diverse ways, one of the most significant shifts is the declining reputation of Christianity. A new study by the Barna Group was done among 16 to 29-year-olds, and it shows that there is a new generation that is more skeptical and resistant to the Christian faith than years ago. And this slipping of the belief and trust in Christianity was exposed in a book called Unchristian by an author named David Kinneman. He's the president of the Barna Group. And it states, for example, that a decade ago, the vast majority of Americans outside the Christian faith, including young people, felt favorably towards Christianity's role in our country. However, as of 2022, just 16% of non-Christians in their late teens and 20s have a good impression of Christianity. And their perceptions are as follows, unfortunately. The study focused on what their perceptions were. And among young non-Christians between 16 to 29, 9 out of the top 12 perceptions were negative. And the common negative perceptions include the following. 87%, 87% of 16 to 29-year-olds who are not Christians believe that Christianity is judgmental. 85% believe that Christians are hypocritical. 78% believe that Christianity is too old-fashioned to even think about. And 75% believe that Christians are way too involved in politics. And the most common favorable perceptions was that Christianity teaches the same basic ideas. 82% of these young people believe that there's no difference between Christianity and other religions, that it has good values and principles, but it's absolutely no different from any other religion. One-third said that Christianity was completely out of touch with reality. And just over half believed that Christianity could not and was not able to solve the problems of this new generation. What an unbelievable, but at the same time totally believable, conclusion to be drawn from this poll. It's unfortunate that young people of that age range have these perceptions of Christianity, that Christianity is overly judgmental and hypocritical. And sometimes I can't help but feel that many times that's our fault. Maybe perhaps while we need to stand on the word of God and we need to call sin out and don't sugarcoat the truth, but call things for what they are. At the same time, we need to pray and even fast for our prodigal sons and daughters. I know many times the temptation is great to be overly judgmental with the lifestyles and behaviors of our prodigal sons and daughters. And at the same time, we also need to watch our behavior in front of them so that we live lives that are worthy of our calling and that we don't bring shame and dishonor to the cause of Christ. We need to live the gospel, not just preach the gospel to our prodigals. And I share, I share my brother Jamie's insight, which he just shared. It's a shame, but the church is to blame. And we need to get back to being the standard and not be hypocritical. We need to walk our talk. Brother Jamie just encapsulated and summarized 
what this entire poll unfortunately seemed to indicate. The remedy is to be a living epistle before our prodigal sons and daughters and to live Christ before them. They may not even be around us. Perhaps they're not around us. But that's no excuse. Because if we walk our talk, even if our prodigals are not living in our own household and watching our behavior, we can walk our talk by praying and fasting for their salvation. Well, we're coming to the conclusion of our one-hour time together. But before we conclude this program, I want to say a closing prayer for all of us who are parents of prodigal sons and daughters. Please join me in a closing word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this short period of time that we were all able to come together. And I pray for anyone who's listening to this podcast right now and anyone who'll be listening to the recording of this podcast, maybe there'll be somebody who'll be downloading it later on who is the parent of an unsaved son or daughter or the guardian of an unsaved young person. To those individuals that I mentioned and those who are listening now, I pray that you help us as parents and guardians to continue persevering in prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters, living Christ before them, being testimonies, and not just talking the talk, but walking the walk before them. Give us strength when we become weary. Give us encouragement when we start to feel down. Oh, it's taking too long. They're never going to come to Christ. They're too hard. This is too difficult. Maybe somebody else, but not them. These are lies from the enemy, Heavenly Father. Help us, Lord God, not to listen to these satanic voices that would seek to discourage us, distract us, and bring us down. But Lord, let us lift our voices in trust and faith that you're going to bring it to pass, Lord God. You will save our prodigal sons and daughters. We need to do our part. We need to pray and fast and trust and believe and live the gospel. And so I pray for all of us who are parents of prodigal sons and daughters and guardians of prodigal sons and daughters, those who are listening now and will be listening later on. It doesn't matter if they listen in the recording. We touch and agree that you, we trust you. You will save our prodigal sons and daughters. You will deliver them from whatever they're in bondage to. You will save them. And again, it may not happen right away. It may be a process, not an event. Help us, Lord God, to trust the process, to trust you. You know what to do, when to do it, and what the best way is to do it, Lord God. We trust you with our children. We give our children to you, Lord God. Instead of hanging on to them and worrying about them, we hand them over to you and trust you with them. Do what needs to be done, Lord God. And give us the strength to trust you. We trust you. We believe you. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of our podcast, brothers and sisters. And until next week, next Thursday at 7 p.m., continue in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Stekos, stand firm in the faith. And more than anything, Watch the road, your prodigal son and daughter, my prodigal son and daughter, our prodigal sons and daughters will be on that road. God bless and have a good night.